Welcome to the Worship Leader Toolbox Podcast. My name is Clint Benish, and I'm here with Tim Price. And today we want to talk about the church you serve. It's the best one. Too often we find ourselves so engrossed in the issues we're trying to fix or improve that we often forget the incredible blessing we have of serving where we are. In a sense, we um, really all are interim in our ministry roles, and we need to work like we're setting things up for the next worship leader who will be taking the helm, whenever that will be. But um, there will come a time, obviously, that you won't be serving in your church. And, uh, you know, that's the way it is for everybody. But until then, I just had this thought the other day that we need to serve in our ministry like we're serving the best church. Yeah, I think one of the pitfalls of the digital age that we're in is the constant temptation to compare with one another. Uh, We get a look at other churches uh, with a feeling that, you know, as they say, the grass is greener on the other side. And we begin to dismiss the great things going on right around us um, at our churches. You see, uh, you see that your church isn't perfect, you know, Um, that's true at times. But the secret is, there isn't one church that is perfect. Yep, that's true. And there are some considerations like, you know, there are sometimes when all of a sudden the calling has changed or, you know, the ministry role you have doesn't fit anymore or your season of life has changed or income situation might drive your decision to switch to a different role or different church. God, you know, leads people as, as sees fit to, um, to, you know, do kingdom work wherever that is. But until that change comes for the time being, uh, too often people are half-heartedly serving, wondering where else they could be serving. And uh, the best way to do it is to uh, just assume that you're serving the best church right now, where you're at. You have great people, you have great resources, and you have the opportunity to make a difference right where you are. I love the quote from uh, way back when Archimedes said something like, give me a place to stand and from there, I will move the earth. And uh, who knows exactly what that means, but I've always taken it to mean that, you know, give me a spot to serve, and from there, I'll do all I can. And, um, you know, you think about our little region here of St. Louis City metro area, pretty small town. You're even in a smaller town, and um, you just got, you got this little place to take the lever and start trying to, to move things from where you're at. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, what's kind of funny, Tim, is whenever you sent me this email about doing this podcast, I was right in the middle of uh, uh, finishing everything up for um, our student ministry tonight. And um, what it's talking about today is we're in a series about uh, being free people. And uh, it's talking about comparing ourselves to others. And you sent me this and I was like, holy cow, what are the odds of this? And the scripture uh, that they use for tonight's lessons is from Galatians 6. I just wanted to share this because I thought this really fit fit well. It says, be sure to do what you should, for then you will enjoy the personal satisfaction of having done your work well. You won't need to compare yourself to anyone else for each responsibility for our own conduct. And I thought that's just a a great little nugget of truth uh, in the midst of studying. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's. That's excellent. Yeah, I thought that was great. Uh, but moving on uh, with our conversation today, you know, uh, you know, we don't want things like negativity or 
or broken systems or even personal issues to become a barrier, something that kind of like, you know, blocks what we're trying to share with everyone. Uh, the reason why you're at your church, uh, you're there for a reason, and it's the best place you can serve right now. So let's take a little bit of time and look at these three look at these three things, and we'll start with negativity. Yeah, and we mentioned these three things, negativity, broken systems, and personal issues. Sometimes those things can cloud our image. We, we look at those things and say, oh, man, our church is a mess. And it's not that the church is a mess. Uh, or, you know, we already mentioned that no church is perfect. There are some messes for sure. But it's not like um, it's a mess at its root. The thing that causes us to have such a, you know, to grow bitter, which is like the extreme. We don't want to be bitter, that's for sure. But the thing that gets us there is negativity, broken systems, personal issues. Probably some other things too, but we can't talk all day long. So we'll just focus on these three today. And the first of those three, as you mentioned, negativity. Um, you know, instead of allowing, this is like the simplest step, but instead of allowing negativity to set in, we basically, as worship ministry staff leaders, have to decide to be positive. And, um, you know, that's one of the roles of a leader is to decide ahead of time how you're going to be and uh, how you're going to respond. And um, we don't want to react to situations. Um, I heard one time that chemicals react, people need to respond. And so we don't want to react to things. We want to respond with a positive outlook. It doesn't have to be like, you know, rose colored glasses type outlook, but it can just be um, a faithful kind of like, we're going to, it's going to be okay. We're going to get through this and figure this out. What, what do we need to do next? And so, um, what are the, one of the ways to maybe overcome some of this negativity is to ask some questions like, what drew you to this church to begin with? Or how did you wind up here? Just thinking about that. I know we talked about this on another podcast recently about calling in terms of confidence, but um, what was your vision and dream for the church? Do you still have that? Have you lost it? All those kind of things. Um, but you can also, another little step is just to um, think about the positive things that are going on in your current situation there's always a bright spot and when you're looking for the bright spot a lot of things can happen and um and then you just have the whole idea the buzzword of changing the culture around you i know that's so easy to say and harder to do but you don't need a negative culture around you you need it to be positive and exactly. um it's a fine line and you can speak to this too but it's a fine line because leaders have to see what they need to fix so you're sort of always looking for the the negative mm -hmm. <laughs> at the same time you're trying also to look uh, for the positive so that you can you know comment and think about the positive for you know raising that up for people you know what gets talked about and rewarded gets repeated but you also want to find those places that need to be attacked and straightened out so yeah, yeah negativity no, that's a yeah that's awesome. Uh, it reminds me of a quote that we said. We said this earlier, like, and you just commented on about grass is green on the other side. But there's this lady, uh, Priscilla Shire. She's the daughter of Tony Evans. And she said uh, in an interview that uh, the grass isn't greener on the other side. It's greener where you water it. And I thought that was uh, really that good, good stuff. <laughs> but, um, you know, real quick, let's just take 30 seconds uh, and hear from Anchor. All right. Welcome back. Uh, so far, we have talked about negativity, but we're going to move on to the, the second one of these three things, and that's broken systems. So, Tim, broken systems. Let's go. Um, well, I heard one time that systems, somebody made up an acronym for it that said, uh, anything that saves you stress, time, energy, or money. 
is a good system. And so you're putting these little things in place so that, uh, so that things can go well. So if you, you know, for example, if you feel like you, um, if you're ineffective because you haven't been able to recruit anybody to serve with you and you're doing it all yourself, then you have a broken system of recruitment. <laughs> so yeah. it's not like you have to um, figure it all out this week and get everybody on board by next Sunday, but you want to start dreaming and planning and figuring out on paper your little schedule as simple as it might be for how you're going to uh, recruit people. And that's just one example. It can be the same for song selecting and for communicating with your team and for meeting with your pastor. I mean, any of those things, all it needs is a system so that you can step into it and so that other people can step into it. So you really want to be, you know, building on your successes of what you have going. And um, yeah, you can start with something small and you can grow from there. And you're basically, as a leader, responsible for helping to create the systems that are going to help make it work well. And um, yeah, I know that it's fun sometimes to be able to have, you know, you go to a conference somewhere and you got these worship leaders sitting there talking about this person, and this person who helps them. They're kind of like their, their right arm man and they, you know, do everything under the sun. And I feel like I um, am blessed to look around our church and feel like I have like, you know, a slew of those people as well. And mm -hmm. we're standing around places and I hope that, when we're talking to people, we're inspiring them to think, yeah, you gotta, you gotta um, work together. But the key to that is that they created a system for somebody to come be alongside them. It wasn't like that person just magically came. You had to sort of create that. Well, I'm gonna throw you a curveball here, Tim. Okay, good. What's an example of a system um, in your ministry that you say that you've set up that saved you stress, time, energy, and money? A couple examples. Um, as far as blog posts go, at least a couple times, three times a week, there's some blog post that goes out either through the Harvest Ministry, Tim Price blog, or Worship Leader Toolbox. And, um, and one of the systems that we created just at the beginning even of this quarantine was that um, we had a you know, ministry leadership change. And so I was actually just doing all that myself. And I just sent a quick note and invited somebody who may like to edit it wasn't just somebody, it was kind of a blanket shootout note just to everybody and said, anybody interested in, um, in helping to uh, edit this stuff and post it. And two people responded to that. And so they've been editing and posting this entire quarantine season. And so I write it up, send it off. And all of a sudden it appears. And like this morning's oh, wow. post, it appeared before I, I even, I forgot about it. I didn't even think about it. <laughs> I wrote it back on uh, the 18th of the month, whatever month it was. And I, um, and then all of a sudden it appeared. So that's one example just from life. The system was created that we set up two distinct Google calendars and I got people um, hooked into those, showed them how to log in, got them a login, gave them like the description of what we're trying to accomplish, uh, set the times, set the parameters and kind of got it out a couple of weeks so they're not rushing to do it. And so that system's in place and now blog posts appear. And so that's one little example just from life in general. If I had to uh, name a couple for the church, a couple of systems we use, one is planning center and mm. I would count that as a system. And um, some days it's right on and other days it's, uh, you know, needs a little bit of TLC, but um, the systems we have in place are that we schedule people and um, here some people are so in, intentional about this, that they're, they are, 
it, it sounds so powerful when they talk about it. It's like every three weeks they do the next three weeks, but they already have three weeks in place. So it's never more than three weeks less. And for whatever reason, I kind of, you know, I guess I listen to people's podcasts and all of a sudden I think, oh gosh, we got to get scheduled out six weeks. So I schedule out six weeks and all of a sudden we come down to the fifth week and I'm like, oh man, we need six more weeks. And then so it's like, a, <laughs> like it's a, um, it's feast or famine sort of. Although for the most part, uh, when we first started in worship ministry way back in the 90s at our church, there were some times when we had no drummer at all and uh, there was nobody around to even ask. And so the systems have been in place long enough that for the most part, there is a drummer somewhere you can contact in our church to play on a Sunday. And it's very, very rare that nobody's available. And so we've basically created a system of scheduling people and inviting them into the fold, getting them in planning center. And we send them an invitation, send them songs, send them a schedule and, and people show up, you know, planning center as a system of putting in the sermon topic and the notes for the sermon and who's preaching that day. And then, um, having that all in there by a certain time so that you can um, have the other systems bounce off of that. So the other systems are somebody sets up the laptop with the tracks and somebody sets up, you know, the, make sure all the chords are going or whatever the case is, depending on who's singing or leading or, or taking part. And um, the sound person takes a look at planning center to set up stuff. And again, I'm talking like, this is like a, perfect world this type is, stuff this is like a system within a system within a system yeah yeah it's like home away from home away from home <laughs> <laughs> but That's you awesome. could you could tell when a system gets kind of messed up mm-hmm. and then you gotta kind of fix it yeah and um yeah some people are well the other thing about systems is that you have to make sure that you are focused the systems are there to serve us and to help us connect with people and grow people and lead the church and um, sometimes I think it might get backwards at times, like the systems all of a sudden are, are the king and the people are just running around. <laughs> and so um, systems are tools. You use them as long as you need to and you change them if you need to. So, and one of the things that helps me is I'm always thinking sort of about, man, what's going to happen if I just you know left? Or you know, what if I was done here? Who's, who's going to step in here and what are they going to find? How are they going to be able to make it happen? One interesting thing is, is that when you're leaving on vacation for two weeks, you definitely spruce up the systems. And it's weird because if you could just live in that world all the time, it'd be, it'd be great. But yeah, if you have several systems humming, then you, um, then you can look around and you can, you know, it's hard work. It's not easy. It's not like you're just sitting back. Serving is all about the responsibility of sacrifice and, and pulling things together. But, but when you uh, have all those things humming and in place, then you are able to think about the good things going on in ministry and see fruit and success. That's awesome. Are you a, are you a systems guy, Clint? I'm becoming one, uh, more and more. Um, so yes, ish, uh, planning center is amazing and I love it. I, I wish there was uh, a planning center for like everyday life. Um, but there, there kind of is, uh, there's different, like, you know, uh, project management software that you can get to help you know with the flow of things of how you're doing certain projects but I don't have anything like that but I'm kind of working on it on a personal level so uh, I'm getting better that's good yeah that's cool yeah so uh, man broken systems so that's a good uh, a good one there 
Yeah. And once again, the back to the goal of you get your systems working so that you can know that you, I mean, when systems aren't working, your church does seem like it's falling apart and yeah. you wish you could just move. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that sounds like a personal issue, Tim. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait a second. The third one is personal issues of our topic today. So personal issues. Yeah. Yeah. And I, um, this this is a wide mess of potential things that we could talk about. So this is just really speaking in general, but um, it's hard to separate your own personal life from your ministry life. And and really, there's no point in doing that. It's all it's all you know who God is working in you and creating you to be. But um, so I guess to start with, if you're really having a personal issue with others in your church, then you have to decide as a leader to take the initiative to. Uh, figure it out, approach it, engage with it, figure out how you're going to work through this. And, um, and that might be one of the, the, the ideas of knowing if there was a time when you knew you really did need to leave from your church, you know, if this is like a personal type of thing where beliefs are different between you and the pastor or the leadership or something like that, well, then that's going to um, open up different kinds of doors. But if there is a way to clear the air, apologize and um, connect with, another team member or colleague or pastor or leader in your church, then we need to to do that because we're all placed there for this time in history to, to do this kingdom work. And really no leader wants there to be a bunch of, you know, relational unrest in their organization. And you don't want that for your worship team or the pastor doesn't want it for the staff or anything like that. So, so that's one side of the personal issue. The other side is just the, personal issues that come with home life. And so there's, um, as I already said, no way to separate home and work. You take each with you to the other, but, um, you know, part of the, the discipline of leading yourself is one of the hardest things to do in the world. And so if you're having personal issues with like, uh, finances or health or parenting or, you know, with your spouse or anything like that, um, it, it seems like a burden to say, yeah, you got to get some of that nailed down, but um, start working out slowly, do what you can and uh, know that that isn't a direct issue of the church itself. And uh, so that's just, that's just part of that. So personal issues, that does seem like an aspect that makes it, um, that could make it seem like you feel like life is falling apart or your church is ridiculous or whatever else. And so, yeah, I have an old uh, youth pastor friend, Lonnie, uh, from back uh, in, a, in a different area where I used to live, and um, he would always—he he was kind of like my—he um, was like my Yoda, you know. He was older than me. He was like super wise and everything, and I just kind of like, you know, I was like his padawan, and I'd listen to him. And uh, whenever uh, my wife and I would first got married, um, he shared with me. He said, um, "I'm trying to think of exactly what he said, but he said um, my first ministry." is the ministry at home uh, because if that ministry is falling apart then your ministry at church will inevitably inevitably fall apart so i thought that was like some great advice is take care of the home because if that's falling apart then everything else is just gonna collapse yeah i mean and that yeah i mean if you if you succeed in business or life or marketplace or wherever you're working but your home falls apart then real did you really succeed i mean yeah. that's like the the tough part and there's no judgment here. I mean, there's a million scenarios of, you know, things that 
God has redeemed and worked out, but there's just, um, yeah, it's hard. It's easy to transfer that over to your church and assume that if you go get a new church role, life will be better. That may not yeah. be the case. It might yeah. be worse for starters, and it might be that life could be better with a couple tweaks in how you discipline yourself in, in home life. But I also heard it put another way. I think that's pretty good what your friend said. I also heard that um, another one of our friends, Brad, said one of his seminary professors, uh, he, he went to him, the student Brad went to him and he's like, man, it's tough. Everything's going crazy here. And, the, and you know, I'm not doing as well as I could in class, but the professor was wise and said something like, I'm fine if you're making B's and C's in class, as long as you're making A's at home. And so I thought it was yeah. a pretty good little way to phrase that too. But good. Um, yeah. And if, you know, it seems like we, these three issues um, that we just mentioned seem like it kind of takes it toward a, a kind of more dark negative kind of sense about, you know, the, the church that you serve is the best church, but, um, but these are the things that sort of, you know, take a, a toll on us. So we need to be positive and go before we um, think about the um, winding down here though. I just started thinking maybe we should add this to the blog post. And that is that um, what are the things that, where, where are the areas that you can look to in your church for uh, realizing that you're serving the best place for the fit right now? Like, not sure I'd ask the question, but what are, what are the, where, where can you look for the good things? It's like one that comes to mind is just uh, relational connections that we have with people. And when those are good, that can carry a lot of weight for sticking with something for the long haul. Yeah. I know we'll probably also like add in there, um, like the energy and excitement that your volunteers have, you know, Mm -hmm. like that's definitely a win if you have volunteers who, are energized and want to be there and ready to serve. Um, that that's definitely like, and it's also part of systems, uh, yeah. but it's definitely you know shows a win right there. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, volunteers who are excited. Yeah, we should create the system of volunteer excitement. <laughs> well, if someone once told me, you did, Tim, that uh, excitement is contagious, <laughs> or is that what you said? <laughs> I, I those lines. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows. That's good. Well, there's a lot of places you could look to, to, to think about uh, your church being the best. And, um, and I also just sitting here talking with you, Clint, makes me think that I don't think you run around and say this to all your other church working buddies. <laughs> I don't think we just run around and, and live the life of saying, Oh, my church is better than yours. I mean, it's not like we're trying to pick a fight. It's more like a, a sense of contentment in the fact that God has you here. And so you might as well just assume this is the best place for you. And that's really kind of the angle of all this. And so, yeah, there's always, you can always find a church that has more production gear than you do. And you can always find one that has less. So you're always in the middle. It doesn't matter what you do. And I don't, I don't even know if the church that has the most production gear even knows it because they probably assume that somebody else has the most, if that was even a a big issue, production gear, that's kind of like hollow compared to, you know, most of life. But um, anyway, I don't, I, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a, a factor for running around and talking about it. I think it's more of a, uh, a sense of contentment of you being where God has called you to be. So, yeah, that's awesome. well, God has called us to these places. And so, um, one of the best things we could do is trust him and, um, 
one question I think helps me sometimes as we wind down here is um, how would I minister differently if I knew I was going to be in this church for many, many more years in effective and healthy leadership? Like what things would I do different if I, if that was like already the ending goal and I knew that was going to be the case. And um, so that's a you, great question. Yeah. That's a really great question. It makes me think of things to do. <laughs> well, you're in the best church and um, Clint, you're in the best church. We're glad you're part of the ministry here. And um, whoever's listening to this podcast, you're in your best church. And um, so don't forget that and serve with the passion that comes along with being in the right place. So I think that's good for today. Sounds good. Thank you for listening to the Worship Leader Toolbox podcast. If you would like to support this podcast, there is a support link in the show notes below. Also, we would love to have you click subscribe and give us a five-star rating so more people can discover us. Don't forget to join the Worship Leader Toolbox Facebook page for connection and community. If you have any questions, please contact us or leave us a message at worshipleadertoolbox.com slash podcast.